0: Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by Ed Lees, Co-Portfolio Manager in the Environmental Strategies Investment Group. When we think about the pandemic and all that's changed over the last year, uh, not all the changes have necessarily been negative. If we think in particular about the environment, there will hopefully be some positive consequences from the pandemic. If we work from home in the future more than we did in the past, that should mean less commuting and hopefully less pollution. Uh, There should also be less business travel as perhaps we think twice about hopping on a plane and jetting somewhere for a quick meeting. One of the probably most significant changes is perhaps in attitudes, where we've seen governments uh, taking big decisions when there's a global threat like we've had with the coronavirus pandemic and as importantly being willing to spend big amounts of money to address those threats because of course after the pandemic is past us climate change will remain as one of the major global risks today and we appreciate not only that there will need to be changes in behavior to minimize any increase in temperature in the future but also the need for major investments uh, in energy transition in particular to power the world in a sustainable fashion in the future. So Ed, if I can turn to you, I listed a couple of things that have changed when you think about investing, you think about energy transition. Have things changed that much for you with the pandemic? Um, So yes and no, I guess is
1: the the quick answer. I mean, fundamentally it's the same in as much as, Climate issues were here ten years ago, five years ago, last year, currently, next year, uh, they'll be here as well. Um, so the types of problems that need to be solved, the types of uh, companies that are required to provide the the, the services and, and products to solve those problems are are the same. Um, however, what has shifted uh, are many of the things that you've mentioned, uh, which are attitudes. You know, so. Uh, It's not just that public awareness has grown, but governments are now uh, increasingly on board in really quite meaningful ways. So we saw Europe lead the charge here with their Green Deal and their uh, net zero 2050 targets, uh, followed by Japan, Korea, China, uh, notably with their net zero 2060 targets. And now, of course, uh, the USA with not only a Biden presidency, but also a Democratic House of Representatives and Senate with the surprise victories. Uh, in Georgia. And this uh, creates a massive amount of coordinated support globally uh, to accelerate these themes in a, in quite a meaningful way. And, you know, I, I think it's really worth underscoring here that in order to get to these non-trivial targets, and these are, these are big steps that have to happen, even by 2050, to get to these targets, it requires Trillions of expenditure and a lot of work. So, we're talking now about uh, needing all hands on deck. We're talking about double digit growth rates, not for the next two to three years, but the next 10 to 20 years plus. So, uh, it very much has accelerated uh, our uh, activity and uh, valuations as well. You know, we've seen valuations in this area gone up as money has flooded in to anticipate this level of activity. Uh, but it does mean more changes happening, which is good too. Uh, and you know here i'll I'll just uh, end by saying you know some of these changes that uh, that you've referred to that came out of our, our ongoing experience with the coronavirus uh, will be sticky. Um, we've been, I think, reminded that we should not ex- ignore ex- existential threats, uh, better to deal with them early before they grow. and And of course, you know, I think climate, uh, touches a lot of different things it's a it's a really central uh issue for all of us and we all rely on on the on the natural capital around us the land the water the air and and you start to mess with those things you and then you mess with a lot and, and it really touches on a lot of different uh, key areas of investment focus uh, it's there's a lot of technology involved uh, because we need a solution fast as fast as possible so we need the sort of uh, assistance from the technology sectors to really innovate more quickly than we have done historically so there's a lot of technology involved there's a lot of uh, health uh, ramifications uh, as the climate warms and biodiversity shrinks uh, we will get more uh, pandemics in the future and more health care issues we see this with the zika virus spreading northward uh, amongst other things I and mean, the list goes on of course but you know there's a huge amount of uh, overlap with health care And of course, social inequality. And we've seen that the coronavirus has not impacted all socioeconomic groups uh, evenly. And it's highlighted uh, some of these differences, it's accentuated some of these differences. Uh, So now, particularly from the Biden administration, we're seeing their climate efforts having more of a uh, I think, trying to be more sensitive to underserved communities uh, and, and making sure that they account for that. Uh, and then, of course, there's there's just all the other uh, issues that we think of when we think about uh, climate emergencies. So yes, a, a central issue that's been accelerated all around.
0: So you mentioned, of course, a lot of the healthcare implications of, of the pandemic, and certainly it's highlighted fragilities, weaknesses in the healthcare systems of a lot of countries. Uh, The pandemics also highlighted the fragility of our ecosystems. So when you think about what we as a society need to do to restore them, uh, what are the broad areas to invest in?
1: So when we think about ecosystems, we mainly think about uh, our use of water, land, and air. Uh, In respect to water, We really look at wastewater treatment and cleaning. Uh, This can lead us into how we deal with the sludge remains and and biogas. We think about the plastic problem, both biodegradable and recycling, including chemical methods of breaking down and reusing it. Uh, Overfishing, select fish farming, coastal restoration, water efficiency equipment to reduce our consumption uh, in places desalinization. Those are some of the main categories I would say on the water side. Uh, On land, we're looking at sustainable agriculture. Uh, general uh, recycling, recycling equipment, again, the plastic problem, that also applies. Uh, but of course, waste disposal and environmental services. Uh, there's also beyond plastic, uh, sustainable packaging uh, in terms of uh, cardboard or paper, um, environmental meters and measuring equipment, alternative protein, meat and dairy. This leads us towards organic farming, vegan food, you know, trying to move people down the water-land intensity spectrum of what we eat. Ah, uh, there's also tech and uh, related agricultural equipment, um, sustainable forestry, and sustainable fertilizer space. That that uh, space certainly needs a little bit of help. Um, seeds, uh, general sort of land restoration and detoxification, environmental testing and inspection. These are some of the areas for land. I'd say for air, it's really more around carbon capture and filtration equipment to avoid pollution. And uh, you know, we we don't drift so much. I think into uh, green energy is a way of decarbonization, that's sort of its own theme, but one could include that uh, there too, or some people do. Uh, it's also uh, important to think about the human ecosystems, uh, involving the built environment in cities, um, and what sort of imprint uh, we leave in our day-to-day life. And uh, This leads us into thinking about how to do that more sustainably, with alternatives and building products, ways to have sustainable steel, insulation, green building materials, HVAC, these sorts of things. Um, as, as we push for more efficiency there. But of course, it's also, I think, uh, finally, to, important to think about rewilding and biodiversity. Uh, here, it's a little harder to find direct links in the public space, uh, but one example is new greenhouse vertical farming approaches to growing produce vastly more efficiently, sometimes as much as 30 times, making us able to return land to the wild. Also, alternative protein as a way to help reduce the amount of livestock we need and the land we dedicate uh. To, uh, to feeding the livestock. So th- those are some things that can help there as well.
0: When we think about investments in sustainability, the idea is still to generate positive returns while also doing something beneficial for the environment, for society. Uh, Ed, your team focuses on environmental strategies. Where do you see attractive opportunities when it comes to transition risk? or areas where the appropriate technology for sustainable environmental solutions doesn't currently exist?
1: So there are a number of areas. Um, Attractive areas uh, include um, increasingly, I would say, energy services and more traditional energy companies that are now really finally entering the energy transition story uh, that hadn't really been a part of it before. So that's sort of a next chapter. In terms of the broader environment, I would say tackling the question of how we feed ourselves, so alternative protein meat and dairy, as well as new ways of farming, uh, leveraging technology, so some of the vertical farming uh, and precision agriculture I'd mentioned previously, uh, is a very exciting new area to be in. I would say industrializing new ways to break down and recycle all kinds of plastic is really starting to grow and pick up uh, momentum and is quite exciting and and, and important. Um, Those are some of the areas that I feel are most interesting this year that are a little newer, uh, but of course, uh, more uh, traditional areas in uh, in sustainability, uh, such as solar, wind, batteries, EVs, are still very exciting areas. You know, we just got the ITC tax extension. Uh, I think there could even be more policy coming to, could be uh, even more supportive uh, going forward. So, you know, those areas remain quite interesting uh, as well. Um, In terms of where technology does not really exist or isn't being um, uh, used extensively, I would say, the, in the decarbonization of heavy uh, transportation, that's one area where things are a little bit more nascent. Uh, there, There is technology. It's just not being widely applied. So I'm thinking about how we move around heavy mining equipment, large shipping vessels, and, of course, airplanes. And we'll do this via fuel cells. Now, that is being applied now. It's just at very early stages, and particularly for airplanes. Uh, you know, zero avia flew a 15 minute 20 mile flight on a six seater on hydrogen in, in the second half of last year but you know so it is happening but you know that's just a test flight on a ve- on a small craft so we've got a very long way to go also the the technology does not exist yet although it's being worked on for nuclear fusion uh, maybe it's ten to fifteen years away. Uh, it is being uh, worked on in a couple of places at MIT. They've got a uh, the spark project using a Tokamak reactor in France, similar Tokamak reactor for their their ITER, uh, uh project, which recreates sunlight temperatures to to fuse um, atomic nuclei. does And the exciting thing here is it doesn't produce nuclear waste, and you can't get the same sort of uh, meltdown. Uh, like we had with with Chernobyl I mean really exciting once it happens but it's a ways away yet I would say.
0: Well if I could highlight some of the really very interesting points that you made Uh, you pointed out that while on one hand certainly a lot has changed with the pandemic uh, the problems around climate change haven't gone away they're still there and will still require trillions of dollars in investment to address but perhaps Those investments are a bit more conceivable now than they might have been before the pandemic. And perhaps one of the biggest lessons from coronavirus is that we shouldn't ignore existential threats like climate change. You're looking for opportunities in restoring ecosystems, use of water, land, and air. So it's investments in water treatment, sustainable agriculture, renewable energy, biodiversity. I imagine you have a very long list of things you need to keep track of. Well, that's all for today. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks again to Ed for sharing his insights. Please join us next week when I will be joined by David Bashusha, CIO of Private Debt and Real Assets to discuss alternatives to traditional equity and fixed income investments. Until then, we wish you a safe week